0: If you're visiting with us today, we began a brand new series uh, last week called Hope for the Broken. Um, And last week was just a great, great week, just a tremendous week uh, in the Lord. And I'm so thankful for what God was able to do uh, through the message. And um, over the next few weeks, because we've got just a couple more weeks, uh, next week Chad will be be preaching, um, and then um, hes I think the topic next week is... uh, uh, playing the hand you're dealt, similar to that. It may not be exactly, but that's basically it. Um, and then uh, my the last week uh, I'll be preaching, it's called Set Me Free From Me. And so uh, um, I, I just really encourage you to come to invite people. It's been a great, like I said, it's been a great, great opportunity to just understand this basic concept, and that is this. Everybody in here is broken, every one of us. Uh, and because of that, The only way we can be healed and be fixed is through uh, the power of God and through His Spirit. I want you to know that I've struggled this week with this message. It's probably because of the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is simply change your life by changing your mind. And so it's been one of those struggles, man. I've had a battle going on in my mind all week as I've I've dealt with this. In, In fact, let me ask you. Because I don't know, you you may struggle with this as well. Does anybody in there have a hard time making their mind mind? Okay. Anybody? Come on, let's be honest. Do you have trouble making your mind mind? In other words, are there times, um, are there times when your mind wanders, where your mind is on a different journey than you are? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, have that, do you have that problem? Because I know uh, that I do. It's, it's just off there. It's somewhere else. Even though I want to do something, I end up doing something else. It's just my mind's out there. How many of you ever had this problem? And you don't have to raise your hand, but I've had this problem. That is this. You're in the middle of, uh, of communion, and you're trying to focus on the Lord, but your mind's somewhere else. And all these thoughts come into your mind. And we're going we're gonna to see why in, in a minute. But we struggle, don't we? We have trouble making our mind mine. Or how about this? How, how many times have you been listening to Chad and all of a sudden your mind wanders? You know? <laughs> uh, you ever have that? You ever had that happen? <laughs> yeah. See, the reality is we, we struggle with that as a body. We struggle with that as humans. as a part of our nature. But we're not the only ones, like we saw last week. The Apostle Paul also struggles with that. In fact, one of the verses we looked at last week is in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. And basically, this is what Paul said. He says, I do do not understand myself. I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I, I do the very thing I hate. He says, all the things that I want to do, I end up not doing. All the things that I don't want to do, guess what, man? Those are the things I end up doing. And I think we've all been there. In fact, some of us are there right now. And some of us will have this battle even in this service. Because I believe the things we're going to talk about, the enemy does not want you to understand. So he will get you to wander. He'll get your mind astray. He'll put you on a different path, a different journey if you're not careful. Here's the thing. I believe that one of the reasons why we have so many ineffective Christians today, why so many are struggling with guilt and stress and anger, and the list literally can go on and on, is because we haven't learned how to get our minds to mind. So what do we do? Well, there's a great verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that I want to use today as kind of a a baseline, kind of a foundational verse for us. This is what Paul writes. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God, what? Transform you into a new person by what? Look at what it says. Changing the way you think. Now, the new, new International Version, the NIV, will say, by renewing your mind, same thing. Changing the way you think. Let me sum up what I want to say today in one sentence. And it's simply this. And no, you can't check out after this sentence, Okay. <laughs> But it is kind of this is kind of a summary of what I want to say, and it's and it's this: God is far more interested in changing the way you think than in changing your circumstances. God's far more interested in changing the way we think than he is in changing your circumstances. Why? Because he knows that your circumstances will never change until your mind is renewed, until you're transformed. Until you change the way you think. But here's the problem we all have. The problem is this. We want God to change our circumstances, don't we? I mean, that's what we want. We want him to take away the problems. We want him to take away the pain. We want him to take away the sorrow or the suffering. And the list can go on and on and on. And God says, yeah, look, I know all those things are important to you. But what's really important is what's inside of you. I'm far more interested in changing your mind than your circumstances. Let me give you a couple of reasons why it's important that we learn to change the way we think. The first is this, because my thoughts control my life. Our thoughts will control our life. I mean, every single action always begins as a thought. If you think it, you'll probably do it. If you don't, you won't. In fact, the Bible tells us that our thoughts has the power and the potential to shape who we are, whether that's good or bad. It has the power and the potential to shape us. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in the today's English version says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. There may be some of you, here who have struggled for years accepting the fact that you have value and worth. And you know why? It's because growing up, somebody said to you, you're worthless, you're no good, you don't matter, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're uncoordinated, or whatever. And they planted a thought in your mind that became truth to you. And because you believed it is truth, it shaped who you are. You see, we're, we're shaped and controlled by our thoughts. That's why it's so important that we learn how to change our mind, how we change the way we think. But the second reason is this, because the mind is the battleground for sin. The mind is the battleground for sin. Whether you realize it or not, there is a battle going on in your life 24-7. And it's the battle for the mind. It's intense, it's unrelenting, and it's unfair because Satan never plays fair. And the reason why it's so intense is because, get this, your greatest asset is your mind, and he knows that. And whatever gets your mind gets you. That's why one of the most important things we can do is to learn how to protect, learn how to strengthen, and learn how to renew our minds, because the battle for sin is won and lost right here. It's won and lost in the mind. Now in that passage in in Romans chapter 7, Paul goes on to explain this battle for the mind. So on down in verses 22 and 23, look what he writes. He says this, he says, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Paul says there's a fight going on. There's a battle going on. There's a war inside of me. Just a few minutes ago, he said, you know, I don't do what I want to do. I, I do what I don't want to do. I have this struggle. Here's the reason, because I'm at war. I've got this battle inside of me, it's in my mind. It's that old nature that keeps popping up, that sin that's still within me. And it has power over me. He put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Look what he says. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's the thing. One of the main rules of battle is to know your enemy. I mean, you can't be successful as a soldier if you do not know who you're fighting against. This is true in military conflict, and it is true in spiritual conflict as well. That's why Paul wants us to understand that even though we live in the world, guess what? We don't fight this battle like the world does. We can't do that. I mean, we don't fight with worldly armor. We don't fight with guns. We don't fight with politics. We don't fight with wealth. We don't fight with all these humanistic philosophies that are out there. Instead, he says, we fight from a different power source because our fight is in the heavenly realms. In fact, he put it this way in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Our fight is not against people on earth, but against the rulers and authorities and powers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. You see, we fight on a whole different plane. And because of that, you can never win the battle for the mind on what you think. It's only through his power and relying on his armor. We fight with his armor, and our fighting because of that is strong, and it allows us to take down the enemy's strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is anything that is entrenched in your life that has you. It's that evil that entrenches in you. He says we're able to take down those strongholds. Why? Because we fight with different We fight different than the world fights. We fight through the power of God. He says we can take out the enemy's arguments, their reasonings, all the isms that are out there. He says we can take out the pretensions, which is basically that prideful attitude that people have that leads them away from the knowledge of God. And he says it gives us the power to take captive every thought so that they can become obedient to Christ. You see you can't fight this battle that we have for the mind the way the world fights battles. It's on a whole different level. And because of that we have to fight through the power of God's spirit in our life. We have to turn over the control so that he can fight for us. So if you want to be or if you want to have a healthy mind, if you want to break free from all those bad patterns of thinking that's controlling you, that's battling inside of you, then you need to change the way you think. And you need to begin to make some right choices. Choices that will begin the renewal process and help you to have victory in this battle for the mind. So here's what I want to do for the next few moments. I just want to give you one choice that you must make every day. One choice that I believe every day when we get up, this is the choice we need to make. If we are going to change the way we think, here it is you need to choose to guard your mind. You need to make that choice that today I'm going to guard my mind. When I wake up tomorrow morning, first thing I'm going to say is, God, help me. I want to guard my mind. I want to protect my mind. How many remember the old phrase from the very early computer days, G-I-G-O? What's it stand for? Garbage in, garbage out. Let me tell you, that is still true today in your life and mine. Garbage in, Garbage out. Your life is a byproduct of what you feed your mind. Understand that. Your life is a byproduct of what you feed your mind. And so, man, let me be very honest with you. If you are struggling in your life in, with lust, with looking wrongly on other women, maybe it's because your computer is filled with pornography. You see, you become what you feed your mind. We need to understand how important it is that what we feed is what we become. Proverbs 15, 14 says, a wise person is hungry for truth while the fool feeds on trash. I like that. The wise is hungry for truth, but the fool feeds on trash. Now, I think all of us are smart enough to know that there are foods that we eat that are good for the body. There are foods that we eat that are good for us both physically and mentally and they help our growth but there are also foods that are bad for us that affect us in negative ways the same is true with what you feed your mind we tend to think that we can allow anything and everything into our mind and somehow it's not going to affect how we live but the truth is it does it affects how we live In fact, what we feed our mind will either create an environment for healthy spiritual growth or it will give Satan another opportunity to literally take you out. So let me ask you, what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your mind? What are you pouring in to your mind through what you see and what you hear and what you read? What are you feeding your mind? Here's the thing, not everything we put into our minds is bad, just like not everything we put into our bodies is bad. We can fill our minds, but the problem is this, we can fill our minds so full of the everyday stuff, even though it's not bad, that there's no room left for the things of God. In fact, some of you know more about the stats of your favorite sports team than you do about the teachings of Christ. And then we wonder why we struggle through the battles of life. You see, sometimes we can just fill our minds full of good stuff. It's not bad stuff, it's just good. The problem is we fill it so full that there's no, no room left for the things of God. So all of a sudden, we can, we can recite all the stats of, of all of our, our teams and we can get really upset when they lose or win or be happy when they win. But what do we know about the teachings of Jesus? So if you want to be successful in your walk with Jesus, if you want to overcome the enemy's attacks, then you need to learn how to guard your minds. Psalm 103 verse three says, I mean, 101 verse three says, "I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless." In other words, I will not put before my eyes anything that's going to take me off of God. Take my focus away from Him and the things that He has for me." So how do I do that? So how do I guard my minds? There's a great passage in Philippians, chapter, um, in Philippians chapter 4 that Paul gives us two incredible ways that we can begin to guard our minds with. It's found in verses 6 through 8. And the first way is this. It's through conversational prayer. It's through conversational prayer. And you'll understand why I say that in a second. Paul writes this, these words. He says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Let's stop there for a moment. Here's what he's saying. He says, change the way you think. Instead of worrying, start praying. Change the way you think. Don't worry, pray. Do your best to maintain a running conversation with God. And so as you maintain this running conversation with God, he says, pray about everything. You know what everything is? Guess what? It's everything. So it's the little things that you may not think God is even interested in. Pray about those things. It's the big things, the things in the middle. It's anything and everything. You pray about those things. Pray about everything. And then as you pray, he says, thank God for the things he's doing in your life. You see, it's a, it's a change in your thinking. You stop worrying, you start praying, you start thinking. You begin to change the way you think. Here's something that we need to remember. If you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have a lot less to worry about. In fact, you would eliminate some of the battles you are currently engaged in if you just spend the time in prayer. And what's the result of this change of mind? Look what Paul goes on to say. Then you will experience God's peace. Wow. Anybody want peace today? I know I do. He says you will experience God's peace. You begin to change the way you think. Stop worrying. Start praying. Start thinking. Change your thinking. Guard your mind. He says, guess what, you will experience God's peace. And it's not just any peace, look what he says, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's that peace that I find when I walk into the hospital room of somebody who is dying and, and having the family there, and for whatever reason, they're experiencing peace and the People don't understand it. The nursing staff don't understand it. But they see it and they go, how can you do that? And it's because of God. It's a peace that we have that only comes from the Father. And it surpasses all understanding. People won't understand it, but you will. Because of your connection. Because you're trying to change the way you think. Look what he says. His peace will what? Guard your hearts and minds as long as you live in Christ Jesus. And so we guard our hearts, first of all, through conversational prayers. We guard our mind through conversational prayer, keeping a running prayer throughout the day. Paul put it this way in Romans 8, verse 6. He says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life, peace. So guard your mind through conversational prayer. But the second way is this, through consecrated, concentrated focus. Concentrated focus. Look what he goes on to say in verse 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, he says... I must train my mind to focus on the right things. We've got to train our minds to focus on the right things. One of the keys to overcoming temptation is to learn how to replace, how to refocus, how to change the channel of your mind. It's setting your mind on something else that turns your thoughts away from the things of the world, the things the devil wants you to get involved in, and in turn it puts your focus on God and what he has for you. Never forget, whatever gets your focus, whatever gets your attention, gets you. So what should I focus on? Well, let me give you a few things before we close. The first is this. We've got to focus on Jesus. We've got to focus on Jesus. The old saying is still true. You become what you think about the most. You become what you think about the most, so what do you think about the most? if you want to become more like the world, then you just continue to focus your thoughts on the world. But if you want to become more like Christ, if you want to become more like him in your life, to become a disciple of his that has surrendered totally to him, then you've got to focus on him. You've got to focus on Jesus. 2 Timothy 2 says, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12.3 says, think about Jesus' example. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So do not get tired and stop trying. So when you start feeling like you're ready to give up, when the circumstances of life are just surrounding you and encapsulating you, and you don't know what to do, you think about what Jesus went through so that you could have the victory. See, you focus on Jesus. Second of all, focus on God's Word. Focus on His Word. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me tell you, if you focus on the truth of God's Word, it's going to continually renew your mind. It's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way you view your circumstances. David writes this in Psalm 119, verse 147. This is awesome. Look what he says. He says, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help. That's prayer. I cry out for help. And put my hope in your words. That's focus. He's focusing on the word of God. And through prayer and focus, David says he finds hope. In the very next verse, he says, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. And so literally all through the day, David's got this running conversational prayer going on, and he's focusing on God's word. He's focusing on God's promises. I don't know if you know this or not. There are over 7,000 promises in this book. 7,000. And so if you want to change the way you think, then become a promise person. Begin and end your day reading and memorizing and thinking on the promises of God. And so the question is, are you starting your day with hope or with despair? Is your focus on your circumstances or on God's word? But the next thing is this. You focus on Jesus, you focus on God's word, but you also focus on others. Focus on others. Philippians 2, 4 says, Don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. In Hebrews ten twenty four, it says, Let us think about each other and help each other to show love and do good deeds. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but this is totally countercultural to today's society. Because everything today, from the world's perspective, teaches us that we need to think about ourselves and nobody else. That's why you hear people say, I've got to do what's best for me. After all, I just, I'm just looking out for number one. You'll never experience, understand this, you'll never experience victory and healing as long as it's all about you. You've got to focus on others. In fact, we talked about that a little bit last week. Because we need each other. We need each other in order to heal. But lastly, focus on eternity. Focus on eternity. I believe that this may be and maybe make the biggest difference when you feel like life is just beating you down. You've got to get your mind off your circumstances. And you've got to remember that there's more to life than just what you see out there than what you experience, than what you're going through. There's more to life than that. There's something beyond this place that God has for those who have given themselves to him. But the problem is, we tend to have short-term thinking. And so we only think about what's happening right now. But look what Paul says in Colossians 3.2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. The King James Version says, Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. Let heaven fill your thoughts. First Corinthians, Paul writes in chapter 2, verse 9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I am so thankful that one day... This life and all that it has, all its problems, all its struggles, all its pain, all its sickness is gone. And for those of us in, in Christ Jesus, as, as John writes in the book of Revelation, he will wipe every tear from your eye, and there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow. All that is gone. And so the pain I have almost every day right now because of my back surgeries is gone. It's going to be healed. All the pain you're struggling with is going to be gone. And we've got to get rid of short-term thinking, change the way we think, and think eternally. And think about what God has for us. Here's the thing. When we begin to focus on what God has in store we will begin to see that all of our problems, all of our fears, all of our frustrations don't compare to the glory and the joy and the pleasure and the excitement and the healing that we will have when we spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change the way we think. As I said in the beginning, God's God's more interested in changing your mind than he is in changing your circumstances. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I know we got a God who's who's there who wants to help us through this. He says, I want to transform you into that beautiful butterfly. That word transform in that verse we read. At the beginning in Romans 12, 2, the word transform is, is, is the, in the Greek is the word metamorphosis. It means to change. It, it's that picture of a caterpillar that goes into a cocoon and comes out a butterfly. God wants to turn you into a beautiful butterfly. He wants to transform you. And he says that can only happen by how? Changing the way you think. So in other words, you'll never be transformed until you change your thinking and begin to focus on the things that are going to lead you to him. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on inside of you today. But if you, if you just need to come to the Father, if you just need to give yourself to Him, or you just need prayer, you come, just sit right down here. We're going we're gonna to pray with you and encourage you. We're just going to reflect for a moment. April, would you play? We just want to reflect. So if there's anything on your heart, just get up. Just get up and come. Let's reflect.